Flyers Daily with Jason Mertides. All right, here we go. Brand new Flyers Daily for the 16th of February, 2024. Flyers Daily, as always, presented by Ticketmaster. Make more memories live. Obviously, a game last night that was wildly exciting, but the Flyers end up on the wrong side of it as the Toronto Maple Leafs get the win 54 seconds into overtime. A William Nylander goal is the difference. And boy, there's games that where you can see momentum shift and swing. Holy, did it swing in this game to a very pronounced effect. And we'll talk about uh, those specific shifts in a second. Flyers outshot Toronto 32-28 in the game. I don't know how they have this listed this way. It's bananas. Uh, They said the hits in the game were 50-49 to in favor of Toronto, and that's not why. But there's no way on God's green earth there was 99 hits in this game. I think they had, in the first period, like 46 hits. So I don't know who the hit counter is up there with a little clicker, but he might have sat on it because that's an absurd, absurd number of hits. You don't see that many hits in a game. Uh, They may have been counting when you skated by a guy and nipped him as a hit. That's not a hit. But anyway, I digress. Uh, Let's get to the specifics of this game where the Flyers' special teams are probably the reason why they end up uh, with a standings point. They open the scoring in the first, special teams. We know how good the PK has been, second ranked in the NHL, uh, leading the NHL, coming into the game with 12 shorthanded goals. Well, they open the scoring shorthanded at 742 when Travis Sanheim gets the second chance opportunity after Konechny goes in and uh, on a breakaway and hits the post. Uh, the puck ends up along the left side wall and Konechny chases it down after it hits the post. But the, the interesting thing is this, and Brian Smith brought this up on our broadcast uh, in between the first and second period last night, that a lot of times if a guy gets a breakaway and you're shorthanded, he kind of goes in all alone and other people don't trail the play. You know, it's the the old tried and true when you're shorthanded, one man deep. You're yelling, one, one on the bench because you only want one guy to go in and the other three drop back so they can drop into coverage in the neutral zone for – the power play team attacking. But as Konechny's going up the ice, Lawton is busting it up the ice, and he's trailing Konechny, and Sanheim is also busting it up to join as well, and it pays dividends. Because as that puck goes to the left wall, Konechny's in a 1v1 battle. The loose puck is there. Lawton comes in, gets the loose puck uh, just above the goal line on the wall, and centers it to the third flyer player darting into the zone, Travis Sanheim, who ends up beating Ilya Samsonov. That's a team that's confident on the PK, and that's a team that knows the players that are out there have wheels, too. They can get back if the the turnover ends up on a Toronto stick. So really good recognition from all three of those players uh, to get that shorthanded goal. Scott Lawton and Travis Konechny pick up the assist. It's Sanheim's fifth of the season. Flyers' 13th shorthanded goal, which leads the NHL. And that's how we'd end the first period. Flyers outshot Toronto in the first, 10-8. to uh, I thought that they had the puck way more than Toronto did in the period. They played a really solid period, and they come out on the road with a one nothing lead. Headed the second, I thought in the first nine minutes of the second period, was kind of an extension of the first. Flyers didn't get anything on the board to extend their lead to 2 nothing, uh, But they played a really good first nine minutes. And then you, just before the first Leaf goal, um, you started to see the Leafs were starting to attack a little bit. Then the Flyers got caught 
in a bad change. Austin Matthews gets behind the flyer defense, goes down the left side, and is able to beat uh, Sam Harrison clean. It, just an unbelievable shot. We'll talk about Austin Matthews' release in just a second. Marner with an assist, 1-1 game. Then at 14-20, Austin Matthews, this time on the power play, an absolute one-time blast from the right side, just inside the post, beats Harrison. That puts the Toronto Maple Leafs up 2-1. to one. Uh, That's a power play goal. Then at 18-55, Austin Matthews com- uh, completes the natural hat trick uh, with the goal where he gets it in the middle of the ice and kind of uses Sanheim. And he does such a good job. He, I, I watched this a couple times. He pulls the puck. He toe drags it into his body. And then when he gets it by his feet, he releases. And the thing that makes Austin Matthews a great scorer is exactly that, is the fact that he will vary his release point more than any player I've ever seen in the NHL. And he, he'll he hold it out and shoot it from out far away from his body. He'll pull it in closer and let it go when it's close to his feet, which is a really difficult shot and a difficult shot for a goaltender because as he pulls that stick into his body, it takes the shoulders out of the reed for the goalie. If it's out here, you can kind of judge on the angle of his shoulders and the way his body's tilted. But when he pulls pucks in, now he's facing square against the goaltender, and it takes a lot of the read out, which is why when he beats um, Sam Erson on that goal, it's low glove just above the pad, and it's kind of in close to his body, but he just can never get a read on it. And that's what Matthews does. He'll change uh, the, the release points on his stick in relation to his body. He'll change release points by having the puck in a different spot on the blade of his stick. He'll snap it off the toe sometimes. Sometimes he'll bring it more to the middle or the heel of the stick. He can do it all. And you couple all those very unique disguise and release abilities of Austin Matthews with the fact that when he does get the shot off, it's pinpoint accurate and it's a laser beam. So that's why he's a guy, right? I mean, he's got 45 goals already this year. It's stunning the numbers that he has, the ability to shoot the puck and, and beat goalies from anywhere in a variety of different ways. And he completes the natural hat trick. That puts the Leafs up 3-1. to one. We head to the third period. Flyers down two. But this team plays with a ton of gut, ton of resilience. And they come out in the third period. The Leafs carried the play early in the third. And the Flyers started to chip. And they started to get, gain some territorial advantage. And then by 14-14, they get within one. When they get a goal from an unlikely source, Garnet Hathaway just going hard to the net. Cates and Sealer pick up the assist. That gets the Flyers within one. And when a guy like Hathaway scores or your third line goes out and gets you a goal, that'll add even more energy to the bench of a team that's already resilient and doesn't quit. So now the Flyers within one. Just 61 seconds later, the Flyers end up on the man advantage, and Travis Konechny gets the game tied on the power play. So Shorty to start the scoring, five-on-five goal to get within one, uh, and now a power play goal to tie the game. This is really good work, I think, here by Joel Farabee on the side of the net and, and Owen Tippett as well. And Konechny's kind of coming in the left side when that puck comes over to him. He's got to gather it really quickly. It looked like it was rolling a little bit. And then he's got to elevate it too. And he does just a perfect job of doing that because Samsonov is moving from his left to his right. And he's getting over. He's covering the bottom third. So Konechny's got to elevate that puck, and he does it perfectly. And that gets the game tied. But then, as I said, we go to overtime, and uh, – the uh, new or the Toronto Maple Leafs rather uh, basically possessed the puck the entirety of the overtime and just 54 seconds in William Nylander ends up with the puck on the left side uh, after a, kind of a cross ice pass 
uh, from Timothy Lilligren, and he's able to sneak it through the five hole along the ice of Sam Arison, and that gives Toronto uh, the 4-3 win. But a, but a gutsy, gutsy comeback once again for this Flyers team. I think at this point in the season, I don't think anybody should be shocked that they battled back in that game. I mean, we're 55 games in now, and this team has shown resilience since opening night. And they've done this all year long, where they've been a very resilient team. Um, I've heard it several times. Teams uh, of the Flyers' past, recent past, last decade, uh, would not have come back from that. Well, sometimes they did. But this team just doesn't seem to panic in these situations, and they rally together, and they stay together. John Tortorello talked about it postgame, that it's the sign of a together room. So uh, that's that's a really good trait to have. Now, why... It's my contention that this is one of the best elements to come out of this season is that resilience. And here's why. You know, you're you're gonna come out of this season with player development or guys re uh, getting on the right track on their arc of development, guys like Joel Farabee or Travis Sanheim. And you see guys like Konechny continue to do what they always do. Uh, but young players, guys like Morgan Frost, Owen Tippett, Cam York, Jamie Drysdale to some degree. Those players at a young age learning how to be a pro and resilience, honesty, integrity in your game, whatever you want to call it, is really important. And it's something that if you can get that into a player's makeup early in their career during their development when they're making plus strides on development— they become resilient players for the entirety of their NHL career. Now, part of that's the room and the accountability that takes place in that room. Part of that is something they have in themselves, but it's a trait that they can carry forward. It's good for this year. It'll be good for the postseason if they make it. It'll be good for next year. And it'll be good for four years from now for the younger player. It'll be a good trait to have going forward in their NHL careers. And as you're in a rebuild, you want to bring that with you. It's one of the reasons why I don't like teams being okay with losing. Because there's an acceptance of the things that go into losing, like a lack of resiliency. And that's not something, when you're in a rebuild, you have a lot of young players, that they can just flip a switch on at 24 when it's been okay to lose from the time they were 20 to 23. So I think it's a really important element that will come out of this season no matter what happens the rest of the way. I think it's paramount. Um, As far as Austin Matthews goes in the goals, um, let me just give you some numbers real quick because I meant to give these prior. But in his last five seasons, in 320 games, he has 233 goals. That's an insane insane number. Now, speaking of hot players, Flyers' four-game win streak ended, obviously, with the overtime loss. They won five straights, culminated with that 5-1 win over the Dallas Stars. Then they lost five straight. Then they won four straight and lost last night in overtime. But in those last five games, uh, which include all the games since they've been back from the All-Star break, and only one guy went to the All-Star game for the Flyers, Travis Konechny, since he's been back, five games, four goals, five assists, and nine points. 
we said one of the key elements for this Flyers team the remainder of this season was for the best players to be the best players and get contributions and other guys to raise their level. TK, since the All-Star break, nine points. He was their MVP prior to the All-Star game, and he has certainly, through the first five games since, been their MVP once again. Just an absolute animal the way he is playing. Just been really, really good uh, the entirety of this season. And his consistent play has been remarkable as well. He's been a pleasure to watch, and he has got that letter now on his jersey. He's got an A, and he has fully earned it. He's playing over 21 minutes a game as well. Um, One thing that did happen in the game as well was uh, Sean Couturier took a slash. looked like it was maybe right above the knee along the boards and kind of went off limping. I think he took another shift in the game, uh, but that'll be something to keep an eye on as we now turn our focus to what's going to happen tomorrow, which is the NHL Stadium Series game at MetLife Stadium between the Flyers and the Devils. And as much as that game is a spectacle and it is, you know, a lot of pomp and circumstance, it's an outdoor game and all of those things, the points are massively important. You, you guys all know that I'm not a big fan of the getting a point when you lose an overtime, the loser point. But that point that the Flyers got last night is is very big because one of the teams that's chasing them, the New Jersey Devils, was in action last night. And the Devils ended up losing their game in the final five minutes when Quinton Byfield scored on the power play, uh, two to one. They lost in regulation, so the Devils didn't get anything. So the Flyers extend their uh, lead over the fourth-place team in the division, the Devils, to now. It, it's now seven points, and the Devils have two games in hand. The game on Saturday is a four-point game. It is a critical, critical game uh, for the Flyers to come away with points, and you can't get distracted with the fact that you're in this unique environment outdoors and in a stadium and not in an arena. You gotta, It's got to be a business trip for the players. Fans, we can all go nuts and like have a huge party and the whole thing, and It'll be a great mixed crowd of Devils and Flyer fans, for sure. But the team's got to approach it business-like. Stick to what you normally do to prepare on the road. The practice is going to be there today, 2 o'clock, which I think is odd, considering they're going to practice at 2 o'clock in the afternoon in daylight when they're going to play a game at 8 o'clock under the lights. I'd prefer they could practice under the lights. But there is a lot of spatial awareness to kind of get used to when you're used to playing in an enclosed arena and now all of a sudden you're playing outdoors in this huge stadium. Uh, There is an adjustment to be made on that, how you see the ice, how everything kind of feels around you. Um, So they'll have that opportunity coming up this afternoon at 2 o'clock. We should have some great content from there as well. We're also going to be doing uh, a special hour-long pregame show on Saturday beginning at 7 on the Flyers Broadcast Network. So we'll have the whole thing covered, but it's a business trip for those players. Uh, Those two points are absolutely critical. Um, If the Devils get them and the Flyers don't, then that's a big win for the Devils, and they move very much closer. Flyers can win that game and do so in regulation. Four-point swing is is huge. And staying in the top three in the Metropolitan Division 
uh, is very important. You just stay out of the wild card mess. Top three teams in each division are going to the postseason. Just don't even worry about it. Flyers have 65 points right now in 55 games. They're tied in points with Carolina. Carolina's got three games in hand, uh, but the Flyers, 65 points, like I said, is seven points up on the Devils, now eight points up on the New York Islanders, now six, uh, nine points up on, or yeah, no, 11 points up on the Washington Capitals, and 12 points up on the Penguins. Penguins have five games in hand, but still, it's a great place to be. Games in hand only mean something if they're turned into points in the standings. So Saturday night's game will be a big one. Then the Flyers will wrap up the three-game road trip. Uh, last time out of the time zone on Wednesday in Chicago at 7.30. And then they'll return home, and we'll see the New York Rangers a week from this Saturday at Wells Fargo Center. All right, that's going to put a wrap on this episode. Everybody, thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. We'll be back tomorrow, and we'll talk stadium series on a brand-new episode of Flyers Daily.